Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. And we've got yet another busy show in store. We'll look ahead in detail to the start of the Test Series between England and India, which gets underway, of course, at Trent Bridge on Wednesday. And we'll hear from Joe Root, Ollie Pope and Jack Leach. As well as that, we'll see how the tourists are preparing as cricket writer Chetan Narula joins us. And we'll speak to the former Durham batsman Gordon Mutchell, after Ben Stokes has taken an indefinite break from the sport to focus on his mental health. Plenty to come then over the next hour. You're listening to The Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2. Well, Harmi, um, a lot to talk about. I know that a lot of people will be uh, still coming to terms with the absence of Ben Stokes and, and digesting it and, and processing it. It was certainly one of those really big, sharp intake of breath moments when I first heard about it. But, you know, there's so much to, to, to process. I, for me, the big thing is do not confuse on-field hardness with off-field hardness. Absolutely, man. It's, absolutely. It's the biggest, it's the biggest silent injury you'll ever have as a sportsman, you know, what goes on between the left and the right ear. And it, it's not all simple, you know, the chemical imbalance in body. Um, and when it plays tricks with you, it's a, it's a horrible place to be. It's a lonely place to be. You feel as though you're, and I know that's, I'm coming from experience. You know, when you get anxiety and there's clinical depressions involved and you know, the, you feel as though the world's ending, you feel as though the world's on your shoulders you don't know where to turn. You feel as though you're all alone. People are looking at you. People are talking about you. And it's a hard place to be. And unfortunately for, for Ben, um, we are desperately behind him 100%. And I don't think there is anybody that's not behind him. They're here is a guy who has been through a hell of a lot when you talk about, if we even just go as far back as Bristol, you know, they talk about the Bristol, what you had to go through from that. All the court case that came through it, the fantastic year of the World Cup and then the Ashes and what happened to him at Headingley. We were out in Cape Town when he won that Cape Town test match, literally more or less by himself at the end of day three, at the end of day four, day three, and then the colossal spell of bowling he had to, to get England over the line. And then the biggest one, his father. You know, Jed is Jed is such a loss to Ben in a way that nobody understands, I don't think, because Jed wasn't just, you know, he was, his, he, was his, he was his rock, he was his experience, he was everything that comes with, you know, not only being a father, but a father that played professional sport and understood 
what was going on in the professional world. You know, Jed was a coach of a, of, of a professional sports team. So he understood every time when Ben was having a time, a good time, a bad time, and Ben would go back to him and to, for him not to be there no more. I think this is, I think this is where we've got to right now. And I think, I don't think Ben really had time to grieve for his father. And I think that is what, what's happening. So, you know, it is, it is heartbreaking. I feel so sorry for him. I'm a, I desperately want him to be, to be well. I know that the England team have all come out and, and support and rightly so. And if he ever, if he never plays cricket again, he's had a fantastic career and he can get on and move on with his life because, you know, there's some things in life more important than sport and the health and well-being of, of, of the individual is definitely that. And, you know, we're, we're all behind him. Let's hear what uh, England captain Joe Root had to say about Ben's absence. From my point of view, I just want my friend to be okay. I think anyone that knows Ben always puts other people in front of himself and first. And I think now's an opportunity for him to put himself first, to take time to, to look after himself and get himself into a, a good place again. And, and hopefully that can be sooner rather than later. You know, and I, I think cricket has to be a secondary thought a um, long way down the line. Um, and he should take as much time as he needs. He's got my full support on that. I've been assured that he's got the ECB's full support on that and certainly the whole team's support on that. So more than anything, we all just want Ben to, to be OK. Um, and yeah, he's got, he's got everyone behind him. That was uh, England captain Joe Root. Um, Harmi, I want to ask you a question. Um, there will be many thousands of people probably listening to this who know what it's like to say or to think, to feel, to hell with this. I've had enough. And they might even have got up and walked out of their office. But then they walk away to the privacy of their own home and they can regather themselves and try and recover. And I wanted to ask you, and it's an impossible question to answer really in so many ways, but because you've had experience of it, of that constant invasion of your privacy, being the number one fast bowler in the world in your case and in Ben's case, being uh, you know one of the most high-profile cricketers, the best all-rounder, how much more magnified is it? I mean, for the likes of, you know, me and everyone else, we might have, uh, have had enough. But as I said, we can, we can walk away, we can escape, we can regather uh, without that spotlight on us. I mean, I just, I can only imagine it must feel 10 times, 100 times worse. Yeah, this year, 100 times worse. But the feelings that an individual gets whether you're the man on the street that works in a bank or a big builder or a bricklayer or whatever, the feelings aren't any different to what Ben Stokes is going through now. It's just because, like you mentioned before, and it's a great way to, to see it and touch on it, is don't be, don't be fooled by the hardness on the field. And I think that is something that I don't think you can quantify. I just think that is, I think everybody's in the same boat when it comes to the feeling. But because it's one of your superstars and one of your icons, and I think it's changed a lot, manners. In from my time, I was described as homesick. I was described as not interested in playing for England, not wanting to play for England. Journalists wrote this about me. Even so, one of my teammates questioned whether well, it was it was well quoted in the article, but it was. And at the time, I probably would have been feeling the same same way about a teammate if if I was if they were behaving the way I was behaving I was trying to hide things because I didn't want to be the first one to come out and say to be the first Marcus Triscothic 
and it's very, very difficult in there. And I think it takes a lot of guts and a lot of bravery to come out and say, this is, I'm struggling. I'm a grown man. I'm one of the toughest guys that's going. I'll play through any sort of injuries, but I'm actually struggling here. And that, for me, takes a lot of bravery. And, and I think society's changed. I think the cricket world of understanding, I think the PCA were brilliant during that time. And I think the world has changed and I think it's changed for the better. But I think you know the, the magnitude of what scrutiny you have on you as a sportsman probably doesn't help. And at this minute in time, Joe rightly says we've got to you know, respect his privacy. It'll not happen. There will be people out there and there are some, you know, there's some disgusting people out there who like to delve deep and ask, sort of try and find things out. And that, unfortunately, it's a sad world we live in. That's what awful part of social media is and you know, some of the journalism that is, is about these days. But I think it's about the rest of us to, you know, siege mentality to get round Ben and make sure that he's well supported, well looked after, um, and he can he can fight the fight that is obviously what's going on inside his head at this moment in time. Yeah, I, so um, it's probably naive to hope that um, that his privacy will be respected. Sadly, as you said, um, you know there'll be people who want to find out what the story is, you know, convinced that there is a story. On practical term, on practical subject now, how do England replace him? <laughs> Does this mean Sam Curran will play? Craig Overton? I mean, they, you know, they, he's just, he is the ultimate two players in one, Ben Stokes. So, so how do they balance? I mean, can they, can they really afford to play Wood, Leach, Anderson and Broad? That's quite a long tail. That is a long tail. Um, the initial answer is they can't. You know, the, in, the initial answer to the question, you know, what can England replace Ben Stokes? And the answer is no, they can't replace him. He is irreplaceable. Ian Botham, it took us 30 years to get the, you know, somebody to replace Ian Botham. And that was, that was Andrew Flintoff. And, you know, Ben Stokes comes around not long after Andrew. And there's no, no real surprise that England were a very, very good side when, when this when these sort of players are inside. So I think it's Sam Curran's time. I really do. I want it to be Sam Curran's time. I've had this, I've said this over all TalkSport platforms. I get to a point, I put Sam Curran on my team and then I find, I find 52 different ways of taking him in and putting him in and taking him out because it just doesn't fit. Now it fits. Now it fits. And I actually want to put responsibility on him because I think this boy is so talented. I think he's ridiculously talented. He's a little cheeky chappy with a smile and face. I think he, he makes things happen. And I think England are probably going to need that in Australia. Somebody that doesn't seem to get fears by the big occasion. He doesn't look as though he, he lets disappointment sit on his shoulders for too long. And I want England to bat him at number seven. And I want him to, I want him to think like a batsman. And I want him to, to, be in, to be our all-rounder. It puts pressure on Butler to go to six. Pope to five, and then you have to choose. You have to choose between Ollie Robinson and Chris Wokes at number eight. It would be ideal if we had Mo and Ali, nothing against Jack Leach, but it would just enhance our batting and you know the little bit of extra batting that we could have. But it doesn't look as though Mo's coming back anytime soon. And then you have to choose. I don't think you can play Wood, Leach, Anderson and Broad. So we're going to Trent Bridge, Broad's home ground. It swings. Do we need the out-and-out fast lad? I think we pick and choose when we use when we use Mark Wood. He hasn't bowled a lot. Mark Wood hasn't been. We haven't seen him play cricket a great deal. 
So the England might want to try and ease him in than just go, you know, all guns blazing for that first test match. So I possibly, I potentially would, would, would leave him out for the first one and bring him back in for, for Lords or a flatter pitch. If the ball's going to swing at Trent Bridge, I'm looking to play Broden Anderson, Wokes or Robinson. Robinson did a great job. They're going to have to enhance the batting. Obviously, Leach is your spinner. And I would like Sam Curran to bat seven and think as a batsman rather than think as a bowler who bats at number eight and, and just comes in and have a good time. That puts a little bit of pressure on Josh Butler to stand up and be a senior player and counted, and he might have to bat number six. Well, not surprisingly, Ollie Pope was uh, speaking to the media uh, yesterday as well, and he was confident that England have the all-round options to replace Ben. No matter who you're playing, Stokesy is one of, one of, if not the best all-rounder in the world, so you're always going to miss him if he's not playing, but obviously we're well behind him with that decision, and I wish for him to be... To be the best he can as soon as he can um, but we, we've got some other great all-rounders we've got Sam's back in the squad uh, who's had an all-rounder option we've got guys like Craig Overton who's coming Ollie Robinson who especially in these conditions those guys are seriously talented bowlers and offer a lot with the bat as well so I think obviously it's, it's a shame to miss him but we, we've got guys who will come in and I'm sure they'll step up That was Ollie Pope confident that uh, England will be able to replace Ben Stokes well, he would say that, wouldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you wouldn't expect him to say, no, we can't. Um, but uh, it will be very, very difficult. You've been listening, or you are listening, to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. Next, we'll head to India to see how they are preparing for the series. We'll be speaking to Indian cricket writer Chetan Naruna. England have been bowled out for just 135 India win by an innings and 25 runs to wrap up the series by three test matches to one. A little bit of this and a little bit of that, I would think. And there it is! <laughs> Jimmy Anderson! And he works it off his body with great simplicity to go to his 19th test match hundred. Joe Root. You don't want to go off and put the kettle on here, do you? You're going to miss something. <laughs> Every single ball, something's happening. Here's Axel Patel, balls. Johnny Bairstow! Oh, He's balling! All the gear. <laughs> And no idea. I can't wait for this Indian Test Series to start because I think it's going to be a cracker. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 and our preview of England's upcoming Test Series against India, which gets underway on Wednesday, of course. It's time now to see how the tourists are preparing for the series by speaking to renowned Indian cricket writer Chetan Narula, who joins us on the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2. Uh, Chets, lovely to uh, have you once again. Um, I don't know where to start, really, um, but I'll tell you where I, I will start, which may well be a key area in deciding. England's top three. I'm just wondering how you think um, Ahmad Shami, Ishant Sharma and Jasprit Bumrah are feeling about uh, bowling at England's top three. Well, uh, I'll tell you, they'll be watching, England's top three will be watching uh, how the New Zealand top three faced these same bowlers in the World Test Championship final, because... To be very honest, India came up short in that particular match. There was a lack of swing despite the favourable conditions. And we know India's best swing bowler is sitting back home. Or in fact, two best swing bowlers, Deepak Chahar and Bhuvneshwar Kumar, they're sitting back home. Ishan Sharma, Shami, they get nominal swing. Bumrah, more of a seam bowler. Siraj, pretty young, first tour of England. So I think uh, the, the major, major danger to the English top three will be from Ravi Chandran Ashwin more than, more than the Pacers. However, uh, if India doesn't use the new ball properly, then they will be in trouble. 
India haven't yeah. won a, a, a longer series than three test matches in England before. I know that, um, I mean, Virat Kohli has three great ambitions uh, left in his career, doesn't he? One, one is to win a series in England. The other one is to win a series in South Africa. And then, of course, he wants to win the IPL. But uh, do you think that India should have a, a good chance this time? Do you think it's time to end the hoodoo? Uh, I think, um, first of all, I'll add another another one to the Virat Kohli list. He needs to win an ICC trophy to be remembered as an all-time Indian great captain because that is that is something missing from his from his cabinet yet. Yes, I think this is India's best chance to, when you look at the team on the paper, it's, it's India's best chance. English side, the English squad is beset with problems. Their batting lineup is not very well settled. India, this squad has, this Indian squad has had uh, I think experience of the last two or three tours of England. So it, everything you add up all together, India should have a really good chance. However, I was there in 2018, and that was also a good chance to you know win the series. And why did they fluff it up? Because of stupid team selection. And already so much of it is going on. Where do you want me to start? Prithvi Shah. Uh, I'm not sure he can bat in English conditions. Surekumar Yadav. Who's he replacing? Um, are you really sure that you want to inform white ball batsmen to play red ball cricket in England? It, not everybody is Virendra Sehwag. You can't produce Virendra Sehwag out of thin air. So India's chances will depend more on their team selection rather than how they play or how England play. That is, that is always in the equation. But if you don't select the proper team, if you think Cheteshwar Pujara bats too slow and you need KL Rahul at number three, Come on, come on! No, just no. <laughs> but you, you, Jess, you mentioned you mentioned England's top order, but I look at the Indian top order, and if you're going to replace, you know, they're going to go in first, and one of the the white ball players going in first. I know he's, I know he turned 39 last week, but Broad and Anderson will be licking their lips as well, mind. They'll be licking their lips, and yes, Rohit Sharma, fantastic one day player. Pajara, you get Pajara in, ball swinging at Trent Bridge. Jimmy Anderson will fancy his chances. And if you've got, you know, whether you've got Surikuma Yadav or, you know, Kale Rowell or, or whoever coming in and coming in hard hands, Jimmy will hide the Duke ball. He knows he knows how to move it. He'll hide it one side of the wicket and say, right, I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to let you hit the ball when I want you to hit the ball rather than you hit the ball. Me, I've been around a long time. I know what I'm doing in these conditions. So it's not going to be as easy as people think that India are just going to come out and blast it because if they can get Pajara in and out as, as it's moving, you know, history has shown that if you get Kohli in, in England, when the ball moves, you've got a good chance of beating India because you can knock them over. Absolutely. I think uh, I totally agree with you, uh, Hami, there, because uh, from what I'm hearing and the way the Indian team is preparing, you cannot have, you know, all go-getters in your batting lineup in English conditions. You have Rohit Sharma, who's up top, uh, you know, cr crucially, he's a white ball player. Then you have Virat Kohli, he's a stroke maker. Ajinkya Rahane likes to counter-attack. Then you have Rishabh Pant at number six. And from what I'm hearing, that they, they want to play somebody like a Sharbul Thakur or a Ravindra Jadeja at number seven in the all-rounders role. So, you need to have proper test batsmen and you need to build the innings around them. Somebody, even if you lose an early wicket, you have somebody like a Pujara who can blunt down abroad on an Anderson or an Archer or Chris Wilkes. I mean, England's fast bowling attack is just relentless in this particular, in this particular configuration. So 
India cannot afford to just go in with one strategy that you will just knock over the English bowling attack out of the park. That cannot be the strategy. They have to fight their way through the series. They need to bat the way they batted in Australia, perhaps bat even better because this is a full strength batting lineup. And uh, those wins came because of youngsters, you know, uh, came because of uh, people trying to prove a point. Rishabh Pant is not in Australia anymore. Rishabh Pant is England. He needs to carry that form over. He needs to respect the conditions. We didn't see that in the World Test Championship final. We didn't see anything in the World Test Championship final. It was a mega mega batting failure from India. And uh, if that continues, the series will be gone in a flash because, as you mentioned, bags of experience for both Broad and Anderson and they will love those conditions. And I'll just add, before we came online and recorded this, Mayank Agarwal has been ruled out of the first test because of concussion. So that's Shubman Gill gone, Mayank Agarwal gone, Prithvi Shaw won't play the first test. Uh, are you going to put KL Rahul as an opener? He doesn't want to open. Are you going to put Abhimanyu Eshwaran as the opener? Because clearly he's not your first choice opener because you called for Prithvi Shaw. So, uh, like I said, nobody knows what's going on in the Indian camp and it'll come down to proper team selection. If they if they get their playing 11 wrong from the get-go, nothing else matters. Was there a bit of sentiment, uh, sentiment or emotion in the selection of the World Test Championship final? Because, you know, they, <laughs> India announced that, that Jadeja and Ashwin are both going to play. And it just seemed that, given that there was two days of rain and, uh, you know, there was a green wicket, um, they announced the team and it just seemed like there was an element of this is the inaugural World Test Championship and these guys deserve to be playing. Um, So, you know, if they're thinking now about not doing that, at least they are thinking a bit out the box and, you know, not committed. I mean, is there room for Jadeja and Ashwin to to play in, in the same 11 in this series? Absolutely, Neil. I think uh, that should happen because if you're going to go in with an all-round player, it has to be Ravindra Jadeja and perhaps not Shardul Thakur. I mean, if three pacers can't do the job, I'm not sure a fourth pacer is going to do the job in England. And Ishan Sharma, Shami and Bumrah have bags of experience. And I would not play Shardul Thakur ahead of Mohammad Siraj just because he can bat a bit. I would rather play Ravindra Jadeja. So there is, there is uh, definitely room for uh, Ashwin and Jadeja to play together. I don't think the World Test Championship... Uh, selection was an emotional one. Uh, I'm not even sure that it was a wrong one either. It's just that it did not work because the conditions were such. It wasn't as wrong as the 2018 Lords selection where they picked two spinners having watched the rain. This was this was this was more incidental that they picked this was the best combination that they could have picked and it did not work for whatever reason. So I think Ravindra Jareja has to play. And the only way he can play is as a spin bowling all-rounder because clearly Ravi Chandran Ashwin, who loves the Duke's ball, he is your number one spinner and he's so done so well in the county games that he's played. So uh, Jadeja has to play unless and until you want to play Hanuma Vihari, who's your number six batsman, and then Rishabh Pan comes down to number seven. I think the crucial element for India, more than the spin combination, would be what's their pace combination going to be. If there was an emotional decision in the World Test Championship, it was to play Ishan Sharma ahead of Siraj because he had the experience. He can be a defensive pacer. He can hold end. He can hold one end together while Bumrah and Shami attack. And Shami was coming after an injury layoff. I don't know. Bumrah's rhythm is simply missing. I, for whatever I've seen of him, even in the practice game. His rhythm is just not there. So India will have to make a very, very tough call whether they want to leave out Ishant or whether they want to leave out Bumrah because 
Uh, I think Siraj has to play the first test or at least the second test, uh, but it's going to be a very tough call to decide who the three pacers are going to be. And it gets tougher because you don't have an out-and-out -out swing bowler like Bhubaneshwar Kumar. You got Virat Kohli. What is he? 125 runs away from 25,000 international runs. Is it as simple because we've talked about some of the in you know the deficiencies of the batting unit? Is it as simple as Kohli versus Root? Whoever scores the most runs in the series might be on the winning side. I think yes. Uh, that that's one view to look at it, Hami. But I think it's again Anderson versus Kohli. I think that's the last contest between these two great players. I think. Um, Kohli is under a bit of pressure because he's not scored 100 since, what, November 2019 now? Yeah. It's been a long, long time. He wants to get the monkey off his back. He's been batting well. In, he was batting well in Australia when he played only the one test match. And since then, there's been talk, and I'm, I'm not a cricket expert, but there's been talk that there are certain... Yes, you are. <laughs> no, not the technical expert, not the player type of expert, uh, Neil, uh, to, be, to be honest and to be respectful to all cricketers. It's a talk in the cricketing circles from a technical perspective that there are certain issues creeping into his batting, which are similar to 2014, the way he was batting in 2014. Is it because he's been playing too much white ball cricket or because he's trying too hard? Is he falling over? Even in New Zealand 2019, uh, 2020, not 2019, New Zealand 2020, and I was of the opinion that he was pushing his way too further forward and that was becoming an issue. And we saw similar dismissals. What happened in February 2020 when India lost 2-0 in New Zealand. Similar dismissals to the World Test Championship. So clearly something is missing there. But yeah, uh, last time India were in the contest because of his runs. Amazing series, 400 runs. He needs to continue in that vein. And again, I think he will be the prize wicket for James Anderson. And I think we are in for a royal contest between these two great players once again. Chetan, we're out of time. Prediction. It would be wrong of me not to ask you. Go on, quickly. Prediction. Best chance for India to win it. Get your team selection right. Just don't mess up your team selection. 3-1 India. If that oh, happens. good on if you. That happens. <laughs> if that happens. <laughs> yes, Chetan Narula, thank you so much indeed. For your time, you're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. Still to come, we'll be joined by former Durham batsman Gordon Mutchell. But next, we'll hear from the England captain, Joe Root. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with the Institute of Cricket. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channel Eyes Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ashford in once again. Roots coming down the pitch. He's going over mid on. Has he cleared it? Yes, he has. Double. Joe Root, double hundred. Anderson again. And he bowled him now. That's a brilliant comeback. Incredible bowling from Jimmy Anderson. Anderson. Oh, no. No. Rishabh Pant has just reverse paddled him. Incredible shot. And the crowd can no go officially bonkers because Ravi Chandran Ashwin takes his helmet off and celebrates. He goes to 100 with a four. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and Double Ashes winner, Steve Harmison. If you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can download the podcast from the following on feed, now available via the TalkSport, the free TalkSport app, I should say. Uh, before we uh, get into this, uh, the, the, the meat and drink of this section, let's hear from uh, Joe Root, uh, some more from, from Joe Root, who was talking with TalkSport's Scott Taylor. It's just really important that we... I try and get the, the side as, as prepared as possible and, and I'm ready to perform as a player, as a captain uh, in the best possible way in, in, in this very next game and look after that right now because start thinking what's, what's to come in, in six months' time. It can, it can very easily distract you from, from the here and now and, and have a, a knock-on effect on, on what's really important, which is starting well in this series. So, yeah, I'm sure people will make those um, those opinions and those decisions on, on me as a captain and, and my career. But as a player, all you can do is, is try and look after right now and perform now. So uh, that's all I can, all I will continue to do is just give my best for England cricket, give my best for this team uh, and, and try and help us win as many test matches as possible. I know professional cricketers don't tend to look at their stats, but you need 22 runs to become England's all-time leading run scorer in all formats. And, Another win will take you above Michael Vaughan in terms of wins as test captain. So how excited are you by the prospects of what could be a historic week for yourself? I'd be more excited as winning. You know, winning the first test match starting well, trying to win this series. It's a huge series for us. And um, it's a great opportunity for us to play India, one of the best sides in the world at home, in our own conditions. It'd be nice to, to start strongly from a personal point of view. Like you say, as a player, you look back at your stats and what you've achieved at the end of your career. So I know that if I go out and score big runs, it gives us an opportunity to win the game and, and, and that side of things will look after itself. But test cricket, it's not about you. It's not about you as an individual. It's about it's about winning for England and, and contributing towards that, something bigger than yourself. And that's the mindset I'll have going into this series and into this game. Uh, and you know, hopefully we can, um, we can outplay India. And just finally, we've seen a new sort of audience of cricket fans come in through the 100 this summer. So are you, are you hoping that a few of them then can tune into the test matches and then be hooked on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons for the 100 is to widen the broad audience of, of cricket. And I think it's done a wonderful job. I've really enjoyed being a part of it in those first, those first two games that I've managed to play in. I've enjoyed watching it on the telly. Um, and there's been some wonderful matches. So, I mean, a long way that continues, a long way. We keep growing the game. Growing, I think that from a w- women's game as well, I think that that's going to go from strength to strength, as it has done for the last couple of years now. I think it's going to go um, through the roof off the back of this tournament. And, you know, like you say, 
widening the reach of cricket. Uh, hopefully that can continue. I think it started very well in that respect and you know, long may that continue. Hopefully get some new viewers in, in the test arena and um, they can enjoy what I see as the pinnacle of the game. England captain Joe Root. I, I think I was a bit disrespectful in the last section, uh, Harmi, so, suggesting that England's, uh, that India's seamers will be licking their lips <laughs> at the prospect of bowling at England's top three. I mean, they're fine players. Uh, they Burns, Sibley and Crawley are very, very fine players. Uh, I mean, they haven't done themselves justice in recent test matches, but goodness me, I mean, uh, you know, Burns has got 300s. Sibley's got a couple. Zach Crawley's got a higher score of 260. They're fine players. They are good players. And that's what I'd be as if I was coaching and talking to them, I'd be saying to them how good of players they are and forget, you know, the short-term baggage that's been coming with pundits like me and you and, you know, the all over the world, you know, just questioning and, you know, having to pick apart their techniques and make them believe that they are they are good at their jobs because you mentioned before they've got international test match hundreds. Zach Crawley, who to be fair looked he looked all at sea last time he wore England England white colours, but you know he's not long ago he got a, a double hundred against a very very good bowling attack in Pakistan, and we've got to get Zach to start playing that way again. And he played a little bit of the hundred couple of good knocks in white ball cricket when he came into the one day squad. So hopefully he's, he sort of belted his way into, a, into a little bit of touch, into a little bit of form licking your lips. Yeah. I'd, I'd be licking my lips. If I was looking at England's top three, I'm not going to, not going to lie to you, but I'd also be licking my lips. from an English point of view at, at India's top three and saying, you know what, if the ball moves, we can get at these. And Gordon Anderson will be doing exactly that. You know, we can get at these. So, I think that just seems to be the way of the world at this minute in time, the top order batsmen, possibly because of the invention of or the more white ball cricket these guys are playing. And I know our England's top three don't play white ball cricket in, in the international form, but they do play and they have come off the back of a lot of white ball cricket in domestic for, domestic uh, arena. Um, as a bowler, you just think, well, with a duke ball, English conditions, overhead in our favour. Anybody that's got hard hands, and we've got a chance. So I think you know we have to tell them to believe in themselves. We saw them back out there, and what the one good thing we hope that they can do is bat time. We want them to bat time because we can get them Indian bowlers into their second and their third spell. We've got players at the bottom end of, of the order who can catch up and score runs and score runs quickly. So they're good players. They need to believe in themselves as, as good players um, and just shut out the, the background noise as such um, and, and hopefully get themselves into the, the, the series by getting off to a good start. I must say England's top order woes, if that's the, if that's the word, um, are weirdly mirrored by India's. I mean, uh, you know, Rohit Sharma is one of my favourite players uh, of uh, in Indian history, um, but he, he, he likes a white ball on a flat deck, doesn't he? I'm not, I'm not so sure about the swinging ball and a bit of grass on the pits. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think Jimmy and and Broad and and Robinson Wood, Cohen, and the bowlers that are in this squad, Overton, they'll fancy themselves. They'll fancy themselves to get. It's it's. Can we get Coley in early? Can we get Root in early? Both bowling units will be saying that. You know, the shiny of the ball with number four coming out to bat. That that's the difference between. That could be the difference of 120, 140 runs. 
because not only what they're going to get, but the partnership they put on. And I think if you can knock them over early, that's that that's going to be the key part for me in, in this series. It could be Root and Coley going head-to-head from a run-scoring point of view because both teams are going to need their, their big, big stars to stand up. But Jimmy Anderson, he'll be, he'll be quite liking you know, the red Duke ball against a Rowett Sharma who, like you said before, comes hard at a white ball on a flat pitch. Has he got it in him to about six hours when the ball's moving about a bit? Because the one thing is for sure, you know, overhead conditions over the course of the next seven weeks will be in favour. I'll help the the bowlers at passages of play. And the one thing that will definitely help them at Trent Bridge, first test match, because the ball will swing there. Just when you think that there's nothing else to say about Jimmy, um, three, three more wickets and he moves into third place on the all-time list. On the all-time list, Mitaro Muralitha in 800, Shane Warne 708, Jimmy's on uh, six, uh, 617, um, three more, and he goes into third place ahead of Anil Kumble. He's got 619. It's absolutely incredible. Okay, so Broad has to play in the first test because it's Trent Bridge, right? Jimmy has to yeah. play, does he? Jimmy plays, Broad plays. You pick your best bowling unit for me in this in this test match, and that would have Mark Wood in it. But unfortunately, I think because of what's just happened to Ben Stokes and the England cricket team, then I think there's going to be an element of, right, how do we balance this side out and keep us be very, very potent? If it is the usual Trent Bridge and it swings, then we might not need the, the, the pierce through the air as much, shall we say, at a Lords if it gets flat or at the Oval if it gets flat. So I think how you use Mark Wood is going to be, is going to be interesting because, remember, we haven't got Ollie Stone. We haven't got uh, Jofra Archer. So where we need our fast lad, we need our fast lad and we need him to be fit and firing and ready. And if English conditions and the weather forecast comes in, it's going to be uh, uh, the ball maybe nipping about a bit or we could have an element of swing, then you, you you protect what you've got for further down the line. So for me, as much as I want Wood to play, I think you play, you play Broad and Anderson in this one, probably with Robinson because you need his batting because Wokes isn't fit. And I think you have to give some responsibility to, to Sam Curran because for me, he is a natural, he is the all-rounder that is going to replace, unfortunately, replace Ben Stokes. OK, uh, Harmy, before we run out of time, let's hear from Jack Leach. This series is obviously probably a, a big indicator of that. And um, one thing that we've been good at in the last few years is winning home series. And um, it's kind of what we uh, judge ourselves on um, and... I guess it's a good base to be going from is if you're winning at home and then hopefully you can take that abroad as well. So, yeah, I think playing against India, who is such a strong side in a five-test match series, I think um, will tell us a lot um, about where we're at. But um, in a way, it's not something... I guess I'm still trying to work my way into the team um, on a you know uh, consistent basis. So, uh, for me, that's that's my main thoughts is is making sure that my game is in a good place so I can be in the team and, and performing consistently. And obviously that will help the team be in a better place as well. OK, so let's go. Top five sorted. You've got Butler at six. You've got Curran at seven. You've got Robinson at eight. Broad nine. Leach at nine, a broad nine. And okay. Dan Anderson. So you'd have no Wood. You'd have no Overton. You'd have no Bess. Uh, Lawrence would miss out if Pope's fit. Besto would miss out if Pope's fit. I go Pope with five, Butler six, and obviously you're one, two, three with the captain at four. 
Good, Harmi. Uh, you're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. And next, we'll speak live with Durham batsman Gordon Mutchell, who has just completed an extraordinary charity challenge. You're listening to TalkSport 2. Fifth ball of his innings. Oh, it's bowled him! Moen Ali's got one to absolutely rip! Nothing wrong with that, Virat Kohli. Yes, you can get bowled out by Moen Ali. On your bike, son. Pen with a slog sweep. Has hit it all the way for six. What a way to bring up a third Test match hundred. Anderson goes in. Virat off the back foot. Oh, oh my goodness, that is going away at a rate of knots. I'd love to know whose bat that is, because that looks a very, very fine piece of Willow, the way he's played those. Well, it'll be his. He's just took his stickers off, Marker. No, I mean, who <laughs> who actually made it? India lead by 160. Here is Stoke. Bold him! He's bold him! I can't wait for this Indian Test series to start, because I think it's going to be a cracker. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison as we build up to Wednesday's eagerly anticipated first test between India and England at Trent Bridge. But now for something completely different. We're going to talk to former Durham batsman Gordon Mutchell about his epic, and it, it is actually an epic, the epic C2C cycle ride, which he completed on Friday, all 260 kilometres of it, Gordon, are you stiff? You've had a weekend to get over it. Uh, so, well, I did have a slight encounter with a slippy uh, cattle grid after 20 miles, which ended me being on the tarmac. So I've got a slightly sore hip and the shoulder, but surprisingly, everything else is all right. So I feel a bit well, better you, than I did after a long day in the field. You were all... <laughs> I was going to ask you, what would you compare it to? But um, Harmy was telling us off air that you were always known for your supreme fitness. But 260 k's in the saddle, how long does that take? And what would you equate it to in cricketing terms? Um, so it took us about 10 and a half hours. Well, on the, on the Monday, we looked at the forecast and we had a, a slight, we had a good tailwind and it was going to be sunny. By the Friday, and Stephen will probably laugh at this, we had a headwind and it rained <laughs> the whole time. So, I mean, it, we weren't really racing. It was just a case of getting through it. So it was, it was I think it was 10 hours, 45 minutes riding time with a few few stops thrown in there as well. And Muchi, you know, the, the challenge that you, you've had, somebody that you know very, very well is having a tough challenge at the minute. I don't think there's anybody as close in the dressing room than when you were in with, with Ben, with Ben Stokes, and what's happening there. You know, what's your take on what's happening with Ben? And did you have any indication that there was something was on the horizon? Uh, not really. Obviously, I've been out that dressing room five years, so I speak to Ben sporadically, but not, not all the time. Yeah, obviously, I mean, it's so tough. I mean, you know better than me, international cricket as it is, at the best of times, is tough. But obviously, with all these bubbles and, and the way Ben is, I mean, he's 100, 100% whatever he does. So I think it's obviously going to take its toll. And obviously, it's obviously I'm pleased he's done it rather than trying to push himself too far and something else happening. Ben Stokes playing at 90%, obviously, gets in everybody's team. But we just want him to get better and enjoy his cricket again and and back playing as soon as, as soon as he feels fit, really. We've heard from a very emotional Joe Root talking about it. It's hard for his friends as well because of the bubble that that they've been in for so long. You can't get you can't get to your to your mates now, and, and suffering by himself is is going to be difficult. It's hard for you for, because you want to just put your arm around him. Oh, definitely. And the sort of person Ben is, he's so sociable. He wants to be the life and soul of the party. You know, if there's people going out for a drink in the bit of a or a team meal or whatever, he's always there. And obviously, by the sounds of it, you just sort of push back in your hotel room 
it looks like he's been enjoying his Call of Duty. I keep on seeing all these links to his uh, streaming with his uh, with Stuart Broad and the likes. But I mean, it must be so tough. I mean, even I mean, I I never toured with England or anything like that. But sort of after a long county season, I remember when I was when you played all three forms. By the time you get end of six months, it's, I used to love going on holiday and sitting on a beach, which isn't like me. I like to be up and about and just having that time off. Whereas it's just relentless for. For those guys, for I don't know how many years Ben's kind of gone season to season now, and I don't think obviously, well I'm not sure. I don't think his fingers 100 was probably doesn't help. He's not able to play as, as freely as he would like. Maybe that's played a part. In Durham, you know, we look at you know, our, our old club. They've, they've had a, a decent enough season and going well in the in the Royal London. You see, you know, Graham Clark belting a few runs oh. and scoring some big hundreds. Somebody who. Has probably benefited from not ha- not being involved in the hundred because other people are are getting a game in the in the county circuit now. No, I mean that's absolutely brilliant to see. I mean Clark, he was there when I was there, and he's such a such a great lad. And he's I mean he's an ultimate team player. He always does the best, and to see him scoring two hundred and forties in a row, putting in some match winning performances, is brilliant. I mean just following the scores in the championship, obviously just missed out and getting into that. Um, Top division um, next round was a bit disappointing. I know speaking of Will Gidman and Neil Colleen, they felt, well, looking at the scores, they played well enough, just probably missed out on a game at, at Essex, which has cost them. Um, and then the 2020s, they, they were there or thereabouts again, which is great. I think Scott Borthwick, who hasn't probably had the season he, he liked to, would have liked to have as yet, is a great signing for them to have. And Rushy still firing on all cylinders, 40 wickets already this year in the county championship with the young guys, Carson... Pots obviously getting the recognition in the hundred, which is great to see. Obviously, a couple of local lads doing well. Harmy was uh, tipping Bryden Cast for for to play for England, uh, but uh, that was at the beginning of the of the championship season. But uh, he was thinking a couple of years ahead, and then of course we had that <laughs> incredible um, brand new ODI squad. But I mean, he's he he might he might play quite a lot for England. Do you think? Oh, definitely. I think. He was young when I was still playing there, but he had some real, real good pace. I remember, I think the first time I saw him, he was pro at Bermuda Cricket Club and he'd come down and ball in the nets. Um, he must have been only 18. And I remember thinking, oh, he's... And then obviously he struggled a little bit with his injuries. So um, it's probably the first time he's really strung a season and a half half together. And to see him charging in in that 100 the other day was, um, was brilliant. And obviously getting his international call up through those circumstances, but I think he's been in and around the squad for a little while, so, and to see him perform so well was was, was brilliant. Let's hear another uh, clip from uh, Joe Root in his press conference um, talking about about Ben. Um, he had a phone call, the contents of which he said obviously would uh, remain private, but again, we can hear the emotion in the England captain's voice. I had a conversation with Ben, uh, and, and you know, that's when I, f- I found out, you know, very honest with me on on the call, and that should stay between the two of us. Yeah, it was, it was, as I say, for me, it's hard to see a friend like that. Um, but more than anything, I just want him to be okay. So we got, you know, what, what we said between us two stays between us two. And you know, I think throughout this thing, it's really important people respect his privacy and give him the best chance to, to deal with this um, in his own way. But yeah, I'm just desperate to, for him to be okay. And like I say, I'll, I'll be there for him as much as I can be. Whatever way he wants. That was England captain Joe Root talking uh, about Ben Stokes. Um, 
Machi, I must, uh, we, we, we need to, to find out about the Cheesy Waffle Project and, um, and how people can donate to what is it, obviously an, an excellent cause. But just again, before we get on to that, we'll finish off with that. But um, people will be wondering, I suppose, what happened? Um, you know, they, they think that, that something must have happened in the last two weeks or three weeks or, or the last month uh, with Ben Stokes. But I mean, given everything he's been through, uh, this this could have been something that's been building up for years. I mean, you know, has he really processed everything he's been through? Well, obviously, he's had his ups and downs, and I think it's gonna it's gonna play a part, isn't it? Obviously, what happened in Bristol, he's put behind him those match-winning performance in the World Cup final, that unbelievable innings at Headingley was absolutely brilliant, and I think it, it is just a roller coaster where obviously you're under that scrutiny all the time with the press. I, I presume that almost build up, they built them up that high. They're waiting for him to fall down again. He's always got to be watching what he's doing. I think it all has come to a head. And I mean, it's just, I mean, obviously, it's a brilliant life being a cricketer, but it's not as all singing, all dancing as some people think. Um, his dad, his dad, though, how big? Yes, of a, how sorry, big of yeah. a loss, How big of a loss was Jed for him? Yeah, obviously, he was very close to his dad, and obviously, a massive influence on his sporting career. And it was he's a real sounding board, wasn't he? So I think that's yeah. obviously sorry. I've, it's probably one of the biggest things which I've missed out on there, which which is obviously going to have added to the the situation. And hopefully, I don't know. As I say, I haven't I haven't managed to speak to him since it's all come out. But I hope he might be able to get back to New Zealand and and visit over there and see his, his, his family and spend some nice time with them. But yeah, obviously, just wish him well to get back. And hopefully, when he's chomping at the bit to get back to play cricket, be it in. A month's time or a year's time or even longer. And um, it'll just, just be just be great for him to have that little break, I would say. Right, Machi. Tell us about the Cheesy Waffle Project and uh, why you ended up bruising your backside for over 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's, it's a local charity um, in Durham that supports um, young people and adults with additional needs. And my son, Adam's um, autistic, so he's, he's used this charity from time to time and obviously just seeing the, the kids and the adults go on these little trips they put on, so they do residential trips, sort of community groups, and put on little workshops for them to get, sort of promote skills that will help them in, in later life is absolutely brilliant to see. Obviously, with the additional needs, they don't always feel as if they fit in in certain situations, so to go and have that time with people similar to themselves and enjoy, I think, it's an absolutely fantastic charity. And obviously they rely, they rely quite heavily on uh, fundraising and things for staffing and obviously taking them on these trips. So that was the main reason for, for choosing the Cheesy Waffles project. Well done, mate. Congratulations. Is it going to be an annual thing? Are you going to do it again? <laughs> well, I don't know. It took me five years since finishing cricket to do one. So I, I must admit, I enjoyed it because it was, it, was, it was a challenge. But I think we might leave it a couple of years and then, uh, then do it again. But, I mean, the support from obviously I sent him WhatsApp message to the cricket lads, which Army was on, and I mean everyone's jumped on and put some money in, and it's been really great to see sort of that cricket family come together. The two other guys I did it with, their their companies, Doug and his wife works at Lloyd's, and they've um, agreed to put a thousand pound in, um, which is fantastic. And Chris, who works at um, Hathaway Roof, and they've they've put in another three hundred and fifty pounds. So it's um, it's been great. Well done, mate. Fantastic. No, man. Thanks very much. That was former Durham batsman Gordon Mutchell, and congratulations to him for a brilliant uh, 260k cycle ride.
Jaime, final thoughts on the test series before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, we're just all waiting with bated breath to hope that England can get enough runs on the board for me to stay in the series. And yeah, they've got that. I think the bowling department will will give India a good game. It's just whether the batting department and the balance of the side is going to be interesting and intriguing. And if they can stand up, England have got a chance of winning. If they don't stand up, and history's telling us that without if Joe Root doesn't score a lot of runs in this series, then it could be a it could be a long old five six weeks uh, of Test match cricket for the England boys in in white. So you know, fingers crossed, we can get top order runs. If we do, we've got a chance. If we don't, this this series could be over very quickly. You've been listening to the Cricket Collective here on Talksport Two with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. If you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can download the podcast uh, from uh, the following on feed, uh, now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week to look back at the first test and look ahead to the second one. But for now, you've been listening to The Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. At TalkSport, we absolutely love it when our fans get stuck in. That's why we want you to join us in The Dugout, a brilliant new TalkSport listener community. It's the place where you can tell us what sports you're into and who your favourite teams are. And tell us what you think we could do better, like big guests and new sports and that. You could win an Amazon voucher for taking part. What are you waiting for? Visit TalkSport.com dugout and get stuck in. 18 plus, terms and conditions apply.